0: Welcome one and all to another episode of The, the Close Encounters of the Nerd Kind podcast. Nerd kind podcast. My name's Amron TJ Sutherland. Dan Colacott. With new episodes released on the
1: 1st and 3rd Mondays of the month. Catch Close Encounters of the Nerd Kind podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. <laughs> yeah.
0: Welcome friends, you're tuned in to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerd Kind podcast. Thank you very much for your time and your company today. My name's Imran and uh, we have a thrilling episode. Uh, mega excited to, to kind of uh, jump straight into uh, our episode today, celebrating season one of Vision. Before we jump in, however, quick reminder, you can catch episodes of the Close Encounters podcast released on the first and third Mondays of every month. And you can find us at our website home of foreverinelectricdreams.com to find our full backlist episode of Close Encounters podcast as well as affiliated podcasts as well. Uh, I am joined by uh, all the way from South London, TJ Sutherland. How are you, sir? I'm good, my no, man. Very, very good. And we are joined, we have the luxury of uh, Dennis Jose Francois all the way from insert blank montreal quebec i say insert blank it's 3 p.m for you it's eight thirty for us is it a cold montreal quebec is it a sunny montreal quebec uh what is it like outside your window at the
2: moment Good day, a eh? it's both of those things <laughs> 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 a? nice it's minus true. eight and no. it's sunny
0: are you you've been no. there long enough are you saying a a a okay good it's cool
2: that's right buddy <laughs> hey buddy <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> it's cool. It's terrible. Very good. You like the um, boot? <laughs> <laughs> love you. Oh, our two Canadian
1: listeners just just switched <laughs> off immediately. <laughs>
0: Today's episode sees us uh, delving deep into Season 1 of WandaVision. We are talking uh, two days after the finale has aired on the Disney Plus streaming service which uh, is to be home to a brand new slate of shows uh, to be integrated within the MCU. Still to come uh, this year we have uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we have Loki after that and I believe Hawkeye much uh, nearer to the end of of 2021 so uh, these are a new slate of shows exclusive to Disney Plus and that will be kind of um, uh, serving as extensions and continuations of elements of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Uh, the WandaVision show will pick up mere days after Endgame uh, uh, the events in Endgame have have concluded And um, it's been a thrilling ride So we'll be delving into those nine episodes uh, That comprised uh, potentially just season one Or maybe there's more We don't actually know Nothing's been announced beyond that So uh, we should say at this point Spoilers abound uh, We will... Um, yeah, we'll be discussing all events from across all episodes So uh, if you have yet to see it Please be mindful of the conversation You're about to hear um, And also um, It's also key to note the kind of the grand plan For the MCU as regards This uh, show in that It is obviously to be integrated within the MCU I would suggest in ways That previous shows uh, Have not um, We uh, obviously It uh, would be remiss not to cite The previous efforts of Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well as the Netflix Defenders projects um, uh, all shows that uh, would run alongside the MCU um, but perhaps not be as integrated within the stories uh, within the linear uh, narrative of the MCU as much as uh, WandaVision perhaps has so uh, is this kind of version 2 of their efforts to kind of uh, integrate their shows Dennis what do you think
2: I don't I don't think it's version anything to be honest because uh, there's nothing that's happened in S.H.I.E.L.D. that hasn't they're not retconning or undoing anything right so all the stuff that's happened in S.H.I.E.L.D. is inside the MCU
0: they got to a point where they because they used to be I think with Marv with a uh, shield and the defenders they got to a point where they would directly reference things alongside MCU events like Sokovia
2: records but um, shield still does or yes, still did but, right up to season 7
0: but, did, then, they, but would they have
2: gone to uh, so basically
0: finger snap territory
2: they well when they didn't at the time but they did mention the big fight against um Thanos in season 5 i think 5 or 6 when it lined up with infinity war they said that mm-hmm. all the hero all the avengers have gone off to fight thanos and that's that's a that's a line in one of the episodes of shield so yes they that's did good. when the finger snapped happened they didn't dissolve everybody but they didn't they, they sort of that was you know they it wasn't clear did it not happen why didn't they reference it did they skip past it there's a none Unknown amount of time between seasons, and I think that's how they sidestepped it. So Agent I, Carter definitely I Carter. sits within the MCU.
0: Yes, but it, that's they, because
2: the, it didn't go alongside anything, though. Well, it it, it fits in hand and glove with Shield because there are mm-hmm. characters from Agent Carter in the last season of Shield. Agent yes. D'Souza is in all of the season seven. She's he's definitely from Agent Carter, Um, and there's things that happen in Agent Carter. That show up in Shield to do with things like the monolith and the various weird materials mm. and, and Hydra. They all reference Hydra. So I would say, and then as as we, uh, I'm actually still watching season seven of Seal Shield, but um, in One Division, as we'll probably talk about later, the dark hole appears, right? And that's straight out of Shield. Mm. So I, I I don't think it's fair to say that Shield, and aside from the fact that various main characters like Lady. Uh, uh, um, Sif. Name. Sif and of course Nick Fury himself have been in Shield. You yeah. can't say it's not in the MCU. Uh, Agent Carter definitely is. I think the ones that are in question are the Netflix series and um, possibly the other stuff like Cloak and Dagger and uh, Runaways. Those but, those are, okay, so
0: Tej, so, would you say it was fair to say though that this is going to be the the, the the first set of shows where the films would directly reference things that happened in the shows.
1: So I think I agree with Dennis in terms of, um, I don't think anyone could argue that um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't part of the MCU. Um, It was a very, very loosely tied to it. I think there was intentions, excuse me, when it first started for it to, Really, kind of be a bit more, uh, a bit more involved, and for them to potentially have the odd cameo here and there. Um, but there were a number of difficulties, I think, in terms of budget and time and all sorts of stuff. So it, I think, as it kind of went along, it kind of trod its own path more or less, with the occasional reference here and there. Um, the Netflix shows did have direct. Uh, I think Daredevil had a couple of direct references to or nods to the MCU. So did Luke Cage. Um, uh, Luke Cage did as well, yeah. So, again, I would consider the Netflix shows to also be part of the MCU, in it even, mm. and along the similar lines of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <clears throat> I think when you get into the Cloak and Daggers and the Runaways of the World and uh, the, those Hulu shows, I think then it starts to veer off a little bit. Um and then obviously you've got stuff like Legion and whatever. They were Fox ones, and so they, I those think, don't come out at all. I really. think the
2: Legion and those ones, the Fox ones are easier to discard because they were made under the Fox banner. Uh, <laughs> the, oh, yeah, definitely. The uh, Cloak and Dagger references stuff in the uh, MCU as well. It also references stuff that happens in the Netflix shows, as does, as does Runaways, I believe. And oh, plus okay. they set they sit so separately that there's no hmm. reason why – they they don't cross over at all, which means they could or could not be included.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that they don't, but I'm yeah. saying that they, 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 they're they a further away from me than... Yes, agents they're, they're in or the outer circle. What, yeah, exactly.
2: what I'd just like to just mention, uh, Imran, it's not the first time that the shows. I, I see you, you're saying that would this be the first time that the shows have stuff which could end up in the movies? Not yeah, or we'll directly first time. impact it, yeah. No, not even the first time, because in... Um, Civil, not Civil War, uh, the one before that, the Captain America before that, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, yeah. It was, was the first place that clearly happened because Agent Sitwell, who uh, is the Hydra, who's who's the first Hydra uh, sort of double agent that appears uh, in Winter Soldier. He was completely in S.H.I.E.L.D. first. He never yeah. appeared in the episode yeah, before. Well, great point, yeah. So, um, yeah, but this it, definitely isn't. I, I think it might be a better way to describe it as phases, like they had phase one, two, and three of the movies. You could say yeah. that you've got the Marvel TV phase one, phase two, and maybe this is phase three.
1: But I mm-hmm. think I think the difference with with Wonder and with all the uh, the shows coming along concurrently is um, the fact that they feel much more like true parts of the MCU in terms of the calibre of, essentially, the characters that you're seeing, uh, and not just the kind of side characters like Agent Sitwell or even Colson, like big characters you're seeing as major parts of these series or you're seeing as the stars of these series. Um, I think that's the biggest difference. And, yeah. you know, the events that are happening in Division are going to directly lead into what happens in Doctor Strange um, Multiverse of Madness. Um and I think that's the key difference here. And also from a you know a practical standpoint, the uh Kevin Farge, the overlord of everything Marvel, seems to be wanna wanting to make a bigger legacy than Stan Lee at the moment. He's um he's overseeing not only the films but also the TV productions as well. Whereas before it was done or it was essentially a separate unit. The you had the Marvel TV studios, I think it was called. And then um you had the MCU stuff. So they were two pretty much completely separate units and now they're all under they've always been under one umbrella, but from an operating and storytelling standpoint, they're underneath one umbrella now, so it's easier for them to move characters and, and interweave stories between the two entities between the two uh the two sides. And also having a platform like Disney Plus, you know, they're able to go in and you know craft exactly you know, how long how long the season's going to be, you know, how long the episodes are going to be, what content's going to be in there without relatively without restriction and they're not beholden to, you know, network or whatever the networks demand, all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah. from I, a storytelling aspect, I think they've got a lot more freedom um, and a lot more
2: power to kind of craft the stories how they want. I think that last point you made there is probably the most relevant though. It's about the demands of the network because I think the fact that they were separate entities was more to do with the mechanics of television Mm. versus cinema distribution Mm. and payment than it was to do creatively with story. I think from the beginning, Marvel always intended everything to be as much as it can connected because that's the company they are. They invented the concept of shared Mm -hmm. universe. If you think about it in comics, and, mm. um, the problem is that doesn't work well with the way actors get paid, with the way sure. syndication works, with the way distribution yeah. works. There are issues involved in that. Um, and that's normally the thing that prevents, uh, actors moving from one medium to another. Sometimes it's not even because the actor doesn't want to do it, which I think is what a lot of people think. It's, it's partly to do with contracts, with networks and things like that yeah, and how exactly. things get syndicated. Now mm. with Disney plus, uh, being in place. And I think Disney realized when they moved to the started working with Netflix, they realized very suddenly that well, they should be doing this themselves. And that, it kind of changes everything for them. Yeah. Um, and that's really where we are. So it's a sort of, I feel like shield for instance, was always intended to be used as a primer to the general public. Cause shield was always an, an ABC network television show. Um, mm-hmm. Which intended at sort of a lighter, more family audience, I think. And the intention of S.H.I.E.L.D. was to prime people for the upcoming movie. So when, 100%. for instance, they thought they were going to have a big Inhumans outing, they introduced the Inhumans into S.H.I.E.L.D. When they thought that, you know, when they, when we knew that the Infinity stuff was coming, they started to drop little trickles of stuff into it. When they thought yeah. that, that they we were going to move in a, a in- yeah. In Shield. First. Yes, yes. not really they do jokingly they jokingly say uh at the end of season five there's a sort of like this moment where you see colson and whatever up in space at the end yeah, yeah, yeah. of the season and uh everybody sort of went crazy I went, what oh I my God, they're gonna do sword and at the beginning i think, I think, that's, I think that's what i'm se- watching it and at the beginning of season six, I can't remember which season it is. One of the very first things that Colson said is what, did you think that because we've got an agency called S.H.I.E.L.D. we'd have another one up in the space called Sword? Ha, ha, ha. Very tongue-in-cheek oh, wow. joke. He something that. like that. <laughs> on, uh, you so know. they didn't do Sword then? No, they didn't. They mention it, uh, but they sort of play around with it. And that's very much been the case with S.H.I.E.L.D. Interesting. Okay. Um, but I think it's there to introduce concepts to mm. outside of the hardcore, because how are you going to get people into the cinema? I think they went mm. to space and they did stuff with the Cree to sort of get the idea right. of space and sci-fi more into the Marvel Universe before they That's really re- went full on. That's a really good point,
1: actually, because the hardcore is always
2: going to go. But
1: how do you get the casuals or, you know, the, like you say, the families or the people mm-hmm. that, you know, that that extra... You know, ten percent or whatever percentage it is that? Those those people that know about the Marvel films but don't really go to watch them because they're not a hardcore fan, but they might chip in every now and then. How are you going to keep get them invested and keep them invested? What better way than by having a TV show running on a on a prime time channel like ABC? Yeah, and, I, and I think I have a feeling
2: you know, sort of a bit of a testing ground and a bit of a, a place to exercise their you know. Uh, Their storyline concepts and stuff for sure.
0: What did you guys think from when they when Disney Plus had announced, uh, well, when Feige etc. had announced the series of shows for Disney Plus, including Wonder Vision, including uh, Bucky and Falcon, uh, Loki, Hawkeye. uh, What what were your initial thoughts on the slate of of selections that they appear to be delving into? It seemed to be something from basically the kind of the the OG of Avengers where it was their handoff, almost their departure from from the, the TV, from the, excuse me, from the, the films where they were focusing on, say, the new characters like Black Panther, Captain Marvel. And it was sort of like a, a way for the others to sort of continue. I think they dubbed it the legends at the moment, haven't they, on Disney Plus? The, the shows are sort of revolving around them. Uh, what was your initial thoughts about who was going to be focused on with their own
2: shows? I personally didn't have too many thoughts about, about it, other than the initial roster of Avengers actors probably signed contracts which only roped them into the movies, whereas the newer ones probably signed, signed contracts which wrote them into TV shows. That's yeah,
1: that's exactly what it is. I think actually, I think Hiddleston, uh, Hiddleston, Hiddleston uh, renegotiated his contract. Yeah, I mean, some, I you're was, always going to have some actors one, but...
2: who want to do but, that stuff, yeah. you know, and you're going to have others which don't yeah but as but fans right, lot, in terms
0: I'm of not... so so go ahead teach go ahead
1: no no I was, I was just going to repeat what Dennis said basically yeah mm-hmm. a lot of the when you look at the when you look at the slate a lot of it is the people that had signed on later on when they started kind of thinking more about you know tv series and you know what they're going to do with Disney Plus, all that kind of stuff so yeah but as sort of as fans of, of
0: say the characters, were you happy, were you interested or excited by the idea that their stories would be sort of extended in, in this context? Was there anyone that you were overly
2: keen to kind of see uh, whose whose story would develop? Basically, I, I was but, definitely if, keen, especially especially Vision. I think Vision was underused in the uh, shows. I was really yeah, sad when he when he when he uh, you know popped his clocks yeah, in uh, Infinity. Uh, Endgame.
1: I was universe. I was super curious because, uh, like you say, it, they kind of went a bit le- left field of a lot of their choices. Loki, I was I was I was keen for because again, I really I really enjoyed the character. I really liked Hiddleston's <clears throat> performance as a character. But stuff like you know, um, uh, Winter Soldier and, and Falcon and stuff like that, just kind of I, I was curious to see because Marvel have been really great with their storytelling and and building their worlds and, and, you know, interweaving stuff, and I'm, I'm really curious to see what they do with these, you know, essentially kind of second-tier characters. Um, you know, I've done an amazing job with uh, Wonder Wonder Vision, and, um, you know, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier got a pretty tough act to follow in some ways, but I think it'll be a very different... Completely different. Uh, yeah, so. yeah it would be a different tone and, a, you know, that, and that sort of where, thing. And, and again, say... I'm... I'm, I'm
2: when when you say second tier characters, what's your definition of a first tier versus second
1: tier character? Oh, okay. When I say second tier, I mean, uh, in, in the context of what we were just talking about, in terms of like, you had the OGs of Captain America, Iron Man, all that kind of like the first wave of characters, essentially. You mean and in the movies? Had... In the movies. Sorry. Right, yeah. That's okay. what I mean. I, I don't mean in terms of power levels or, you know, like, age of character in the comics or anything like that. I mean, purely looking at <clears throat> that definition in, in the, in the, in respect of the movies um a lot of the characters were you know either came along a bit later or they weren't the main stars of of their movies or anything like that so the movies they were in sorry um so yeah i, I just think it's it's super interesting and um good that and also with the kind of long form of you know having what on average normally around about eight episodes eight nine eight, eight nine episodes i think yeah, Bucky's um, supposed to be a,
0: I, a Falcon. Is six episodes, as I understand it.
1: Yeah, and and I mean the thing that really kind of blew my mind, and that's if it's legit, is I, which I think I sent to you guys was how the how they've done the slate for like they've literally got new a new um, piece of content, whether it's an, a new episode of one of the series or a, or a behind the scenes like documentary about the previous series, mm-hmm. but they've got like a, a new piece of content dropping every single week for the rest of the year, which is kind of staggering. Um But you know, well, best way to keep your subscription
2: numbers up than by, yeah. you, you know, you know, know, know what you say that, but if you, you say that, but actually it is staggering. It's very impressive. I'm not going to take that away from it, but considering they've vastly reduced the number of episodes they're shooting and some of them are much shorter really? than they used to be. I mean, some episodes of Vision were like 22 minutes long now, mm. when five six years ago, we were on twenty two episodes at forty five minutes for a series. <laughs> yeah. So when, if you yeah. add up the total length of time of what they've got slated for this year, it's not that much more than what you would have shot, say, oh, yeah, yeah. In, <clears throat> in Star no, Trek, you know, season seven back in the
1: noughties. Do you know what I mean? But I think for me, I don't know if anyone else feels the same way. I I much prefer that because what you Generally, well, oftentimes you generally find with those 22-episode series or whatever it is, you'll get a ton of filler. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I completely you know, And that's because they're beholden to their networks. They've been commissioned to make 22 episodes, so they have to find something to fill the time. So the season will start off great. There'll be, like, a mid-season, like, peak or whatever where they have, like, a really strong story arc. And you have the big finale, and it's amazing. Like, watching Flash and... Um, all those WB shows, you get that so <laughs> much. Um, yeah. I mean, that kind of mid season lull, but with these, you know, uh, from, and I hope, you know, WandaVision has been a good example of this for me anyway, again, you know, I don't feel like there was ever a lull. I felt like it was a nice concise. I mean, a lot of people said it started slow. I didn't find that myself, but that again, that maybe that's just me, but you know, they found they told a really concise tight story, start, middle finish no sort of lulls no sort of filler episodes i didn't feel like and you know if falcon winter soldier is only six episodes then again i I feel like same sort of thing there they'll be able to tell that story how they want to tell it they don't need to put in filler episodes they don't need to you know fluff it out in any sort of way and i think that's that's all the better for it
2: you know i completely agree and you won't often hear me wave this flag but as as someone who, say you don't don't me <laughs> someone <laughs> as someone who's grown up in the UK as a British person, we, in Britain we are used. There's like six episodes is the standard format for a yeah, drama okay. show, and you, very few British TV shows go beyond that. In fact, very often it's four episodes or 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 less. I think there are some like say Doctor Who, which might go to what ten in a season because they're so popular. But only only ones like that, even like the most popular stuff currently like, say, Line of Duty, I think that's six episodes, right? So for me, the 22-episode thing has been tedious, you know, the the entire time. And the fact that they finally got down to, you know, some real tight storytelling, um, I think that's great, which is, you know, uh, which is part of it. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that if you look at the total volume they're creating over the year, what they've done is they've taken that 22 episode formula and the cost Mm. and the time to make it, and they've broken it down and they're using their resources, what better? And I think therefore you get much more out of each episode. Obviously Mm. they've got a bigger budget and to, to do 12 or 24 episodes at that budget would make it very, very expensive. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, Mm. But um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it is impressive that the the roster they've got, my feelings Mm. about when I heard who it was going to be and what they were doing, no issues at all. Great. I'm mm. I'm very confident that they'll be able to tell good stories with any oh, of their absolutely. characters. They've yeah, got the, thirty thousand comic stories yeah. to <laughs> draw from and eight thousand characters in their, yeah. in their arsenal. I think, so I think that's I think
1: that's really telling as well. Like I've I've not heard a single person go, oh, why are they doing a Loki show or why are they doing a Hawkeye mm. show or like I've not heard anyone. Uh, there might be out. There probably is out on the internet because there's always someone on the internet. But like I've not heard any sort of huge. Like groans or moans about anything that's coming up, um, and I think a lot of that is based on you know they've built up a lot of goodwill with fans, yeah.
2: and but you know they you can also be sure that they've done their homework. This isn't I don't yeah. believe Kevin Feige sits behind his desk and says, "Yeah, you know I think I, fe- I feel like doing a series with the She Hulk." They will. <laughs> Uh, which they are going to do they are, are going eh? <laughs> yeah. to look at what their fans and different age groups and whatever want to watch and they've got a lot of ways of measuring that they've got a lot of feedback they know who buys what comics they know what request they probably get e- tons of emails every day saying like oh please can you make this they watch social media so i think they're pretty you never oh, know no. exactly what's going to be a hit but I, they're probably really good at figuring it out. Oh yeah. No, the, the, the
0: question was by no means to draw out any kind of negativity. It was sort of in the case of Wanda, it was a case of post end game. She's a character that would have been really fascinating to know what, basically what Wanda does next, because we meet her obviously in Sokovia. She loses her home. Her family is, is taken in by Hydra, subsequently becomes an Avenger, loses her brother, loses uh vision. She is then a part of Captain America's vigilante group. At the end of Endgame, she has none of it. Even the Avengers compound she can't return to. There's no one in essence to look after her anymore. And so what 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 she does next is is basically really, really interesting. So uh so yeah it was sort of in that regard. So I, I think as a setup for her show. It's, it's really, it was a, it was a great, uh, a great character to kind of explore further.
2: I've got to be honest. I thought from the moment she uh, appeared, you know, from the end of uh, Age of Ultron, she was a flight risk from the beginning, right? You know, she <laughs> is on the kind effectively kind of like the wrong side in civil war, depending which way you, you go with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, she was part of Hydra. She messes with people's heads. She's unstable. I was kind of surprised they didn't have her a bit more locked down than they had. Oh, you, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a bit of a, a lack of pardon the pun, a lack of vision huh. on, on, on the part of yeah. the Avengers that they did that. They would like, Oh, okay. You're, you're one of us now. You're free to do whatever <laughs> you want. Well, then you maybe, know, this like, some, maybe this is something that will come up
1: depending on how things go. Having seen how the finale goes and where things are going to go there. Maybe that's something that will come up in terms of you know maybe Doctor Strange or mm. you know someone will say why the hell didn't we lock this chick down? What, 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 yeah. what was Tony thinking letting her onto the team? What why why didn't we? I think in fact I, in fact I think that will probably be a real um, big part of or a big question asked when we get to Doctor Strange and we see what devastation she mm. may or may not bring about. But a lot of those world. things weren't, were basically her being
0: led to an extent, weren't they? I mean, she loses her family, the Hydra thing, uh, you know, oh, yeah, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. taken in and she's, you know, I think Dennis's almost point swayed is that, in every she, aspect, isn't she?
1: I think Dennis's point was that because of all those things, it made her much yeah. more susceptible or a much or a bigger danger. And maybe she
2: shouldn't have been allowed to kind of run around. I mean, really. if you, you look at that not, with, with with Bucky and the Winter Soldier, I don't know what the storyline is behind him and Falcon hanging out, but is it the case that they've assigned Falcon to him because he's still a bit of a risk? Yeah, Because yeah. there is that clip, I watched the Marvel Legends thing on Disney+, and there is that little clip where, you know, they send him to Wakanda, yeah. to, they put him back under ice, yeah. and they say, you know, we still don't know, we haven't really undone what Hydra did to him, and we kind of got to keep him you know, under lock and key. And then the threat against the earth is so big. They're like, well, we better take this guy. What was it? Uh, well, they already, well, he was already Chalice out of deep freeze at that point. Cause I think Chalice says, to- yeah, but this, he's been waiting long enough. We need, we need him now. Something like that. But and they'd uh, started, treat, they, they started treating him though. Right. Before. Yeah, uh, did the they episode, treat him
1: though? Yeah. Cause he was, all, he was already out of uh, deep frost, whatever it was. But they hadn't deep given freeze. him
2: his arm back. Which they hadn't
1: given him his arm back, but he was being treated. So they put him on deep freeze and that scene that you're talking about. But between then and the events of Endgame, they had defrosted him and they'd started treating him. They'd started doing whatever, like using the tech that they have him work on. Because their techs way advanced from like normal medicine, right? So they had started putting him in therapy and whatnot. He, he was the ready Groups
2: meal actually. in the back of the freezer, just in case you missed the shop's closing, <laughs> wasn't he? <laughs> Stick
1: in microwave, four minutes,
2: done. <laughs> um, well,
0: I guess we'll find out stuff about that fairly soon. I guess uh, we're, we're having this conversation uh, quite early into March, so I, that show's starting really, really soon. Um, so, yeah, what it'll be interesting to know whether he's still that kind of a, a flight risk or whether he's being handed over by steve to be kind of uh, the new captain america's ward uh, to yeah. an extent but um I suppose with with Wanda, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll yeah we've we've already we jumped in. Let, let's continue to do so. I think TG touched upon it earlier. Uh, the the opening two episodes to to Wonder Vision, uh, I wouldn't call you know uh, they. I think the information this basically sorry the the sitcom style nature of those two episodes, which uh, I, you know I had read a few things where people were kind of like, "What the heck is going on?" But I think enough yeah. information had leaked about the show so that it was it was everything i expected it to have been i thoroughly i thoroughly enjoyed it i was completely you know happy yeah. to sort of live in this world uh for a little while what did you guys uh uh think of that uh teach go ahead yeah i think it, uh, it was a
1: it was one of those ones where i think if if you invested in mcu and you kind of you know watch the traders and you know read a bit about it and all that kind of stuff you knew you knew it was coming and you knew what was happening at the beginning of this, of the show wasn't going to be where it ended up. It wasn't going to always be like that. There was some underlying thing going on. Um, I think a lot of the noise and the um, chatter about being, because I saw quite a few people like, oh, this is bullshit. And, yeah. You know, yeah was, I'd uh, read a
0: few it, things. It, yeah. Things. <laughs> I know, I,
1: but all of the, all of the people that I, I knew that I'd seen writing stuff like that were people that aren't, necessarily heavily invested in mcu they'll watch some stuff but they don't you know they don't necessarily watch the trailers or you know they don't necessarily follow it too hardcore i'm sure there were a few people that are hardcore mcu heads that weren't really digging it for other reasons as well a friend of mine was like i really hate american old-time american sitcoms so i kind of had to fast through a lot of it because i hate the humor and i hate the setting and that sort of stuff Mm. again totally fine um I I was digging it totally um you know I loved that I loved that it was done in such a way where there were just tiny little things that just every so often were a little bit skewer for a little bit weird and and it just kind of built and built and built over the first couple of episodes and then it I think when it got to episode three that's when it kind of really opened stuff up a bit I I actually thought there
0: would be a bit more of that. I think my only, it's by no means a gripe, but just as an observation, I think in the very first episode. Yeah, I just, I, I thought there'd be a little bit more to indicate that this was, something something was wrong i think the mm. only in the first episode i think the only thing that happened was when they have vision's boss over for dinner and he starts to choke the and then she thing, yeah. kind of breaks character and she's like vision help him like very serious and she's a totally yeah. broken character and when he does that that's really the only i think there, no, i remember well, that's other, what other that something thing was wrong. Or...
1: Yeah, there are other little things like when he when he goes to work and he you kept on asking what do we do here and the guy and the guy wasn't really giving him a straight answer. I mean, there there are other little things where I think if you went back and watched it in retrospect, you would mm-hmm. go, oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. what that was um, in reference to. So I think there are more things there than people uh, realize. But again, it's a balancing act, it's like you know how much do you kind of reveal or, you know, what, how mu- how many of those little tidbits do you put into yeah. to to keep people, to string people along. So, um, I've, again, for me, I, I felt the balance was about right. Maybe could have gone, gone a bit more, bit more the other way, but you know, that's, um, that's down to personal preference at the end of the day. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Mm. I think Dennis, for yeah. me,
2: those first two episodes, it's worth remembering that those first two episodes are like twenty five minutes each or 22 minutes each. Yeah. Right. And, and a good portion of that time is credits. So, yeah. um, it really, all they did was one episode. And it note the a season was nine seasons, nine episodes long. But if you mm. take the first two and measure them together, you've actually got a standard eight. Right. And I'm not quite sure why they chose to do it like that. It's a bit odd to me. They could have just done the one episode and got through. And I think that would have got people through it better because, at the end of the second episode, it's a bit more clear that there's something more going on than just a sitcom. Mm. I think they chose that format because that would have been the format of the sitcom, like 22 minutes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bit of a risk. It was interesting that they did it. Uh, I'm glad they didn't drag it on too much past that because oh, yeah, it would 100%. have been. I think it would have yeah. been. That's not what people were looking for. Um, But I also think it's symptomatic of the times we live in that people don't really have patience or they don't necessarily want to dig too deep or everybody wants things to be their own way. Mm. Um, You know, sort of pre-imagine what something's going to be about or what it's going to be like. And when it's not like that, they get upset about it. Um, And there's a lot of online flack. And we've definitely seen that with WandaVision. I think I'm curious to see now that the season's over, how that's going to play out with all the various predictions that people made, which didn't happen. Mm. And how <laughs> that is treated online, we'll find out in the next week or so, I think. Yeah. Um, I have some stats, by the way. Okay.
1: So uh, from uh, Nielsen, who do all the TV ratings and that kind of stuff. Mm. So uh, they, so this is from back in February 16. So this is just for the first two episodes <clears throat> at the time. So I don't think it includes necessarily kind of that that these numbers will have increased because obviously people go back and rewatch stuff and yada yada yada. Um but it was viewed around it had around six point four seven million viewings in America for the first two episodes. Um so it was uh in monetary terms, again a few calculations based on um and ratings, that sort of stuff, uh it had a 52 fifty two fifty two million dollar we opening weekend which is about on par with Ant Man which made about fifty eight million. Um so yeah just some just to give you a context. So I mean it was it was it had healthy viewings. Um again it'd be interesting to see how many how many how much that's climbed up since then but yeah it's not like it, it did it did poorly.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I'd like to as I said i I had read enough to know that those first two episodes in particular were, were everything I expected it to be. Uh so I watched it happily with enthusiasm. Um I'd be I'd be interested to know if I didn't know anything about it. If I hadn't read up on anything, would I have just thought, oh my what the hell is going on? Let's go. Um but uh no, I thoroughly enjoyed. I love the level of detail that they went with the theme songs and the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, to each one, I, d- I thought the level of kind of precision for each of those sitcoms that they were emulating, I thought was
1: was brilliant. That's an I interesting thought... question, actually, because sorry, it's just going to say like if if any of us had gone into it with completely no knowledge of you know what the theme was or anything like that, hadn't seen any trailers, and, and we watched those first couple of episodes, yeah, I, I
2: don't th-
1: know. Well, what I would for me, thought. I but well, I, I think I think our faith in what mcu has done before to tell a story i think that would have carried us through to make us go okay this is weird but i want to see this through yeah like i know, I know this is going to go somewhere even without the knowledge of uh, you actually knowing it's going to go somewhere like as someone if i think for anyone that's actually seen that anything to do with the mcu you'll you know they everything they do is by design or it has a purpose um but again, it goes back to Dennis's point of, you know, people are impatient and, and don't have, to, you know, don't have the time to, or feel like they don't have the time to actually sit down and give something a chance to breathe and evolve and everyone wants everything now and on their
2: terms. So What I was going to say, actually, uh, TJ, was not that sim- dissimilar. I think going back partly to your question about Marvel's TV versus cinema model. I think the more interesting question about this isn't so much to do with is, are they trying to tie this into the movies or are they using second tier characters? I think it's interesting that, that Marvel and should we say Disney have gone down a path where they're spending a lot of money making TV shows, which require previous viewings of a movie Hmm. previously. Like for instance, if you were to sit down and watch shield from the beginning you could watch S.H.I.E.L.D. without having watched anything to do with the MCU, and you'd be able to pick it up pretty quick. Same with most of something like, say, Runaways or Cloak & Dagger or mm-hmm. any Spider-Man TV series they've ever made in the past or even something you could argue even like The Mandalorian, right? But WandaVision, I don't think would really make any sense to anyone who hadn't watched the MCU, not, not just hadn't watched the MCU movies, hadn't watched Age of Ultron, hadn't watched the Avengers, Age of Ult- Ultron and uh, Infinity War and Endgame, etc. And that, yeah. when you think about it, is a bit of that's, a, that's a bit of a, a gamble, a gamble to, yeah. to, to, to your depend, you know, obviously if you've got Disney Plus, then you've got access to all of those films.
1: Because actually, read a re- I read a review earlier from someone who said that they were very confused at the start of this because they hadn't seen. They they called themselves a casual MCU uh, viewer, so but they hadn't seen End games, so they weren't. So they knew who Vision was, but they weren't aware that he died. So yeah. when they were watching this, they Will were very very. So I was <laughs> <laughs> cut a bit out, I man. Cut it. Cut a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they weren't aware of a key event happening at the and vengeance endgame that affects what happens uh, at the beginning of this so so yeah so they watched the the first couple of episodes and were very confused as to what the significant what so yeah to the, exactly to your point then it's like if they they are very much in um territory now whereby and the mcus kind of the movies have kind of been leaning towards that quite quite heavily, and now with the TV shows you're right i think it's it's now getting into um are they get are they tipping over are they getting to the tipping point of excluding people Ooh. um from um, understanding or enjoying some of the content because it's so tightly interwoven that you know where's the jump on point do I have to go back and watch Maybe I, uh, this Hulk, is their to, way to fully understand everything that's going on, or you know,
2: m- maybe this is their way of dragging in new viewers to the cinema. Maybe this is part. Of this oh yeah, yeah, for sh- yeah, yeah. I was yeah. watching something the other day somewhere I don't know where, and it was a um, drag queen talking about how. They hadn't. They didn't have any idea about anything to do with Star Wars, but because they had seen all this cute baby Yoda stuff online, they decided they've got to see this (laughs) Mandalorian (laughs) thing, and they watched Baby Yoda, and it was cute as hell. And by the way, they watched five episodes, and now they're really into Star Wars. Nice. So maybe, maybe (laughs) that's the part of the strategy. You know, that's going to work if that's going to cause those people to go back and start watching loads of stuff they wouldn't have watched because dangle something at them and go, "Hey, if you want the rest of it, you need to."
1: catch up by doing this
0: it's it's incredibly difficult sometimes you just get a headache thinking about how kind of I suppose when they started the MCU I remember hearing that the plan was four standalone movies and then an Avengers movie to bring it all together I remember when that announcement was made and I thought wow I've that I've never heard of anything like that let alone the juggernaut well we have to read we need a whole new term for what it is now but you know for the level Mm. of precision and accuracy in terms of the, the plotting of these movies. And now with the shows, I just don't know how, how Feige can ever sleep at night, to be honest. I mean, sort of it's interweaving probably probably everything. Doesn't. To I, made I, I deal, want... he's made a deal with someone.
1: <laughs> I, see, my,
2: I'm not impressed I, by that. Really? I'll tell you why. So it's because I that's gonna, what Marvel to do... say the same thing. Marvel have saying. always done that with the comics. They yeah, will sit down and exactly. plot out the, you know, they have at any one time, 50 titles being published, which all cross over. They have writers meetings at the beginning of each season when they get every, they fly everyone into New York and they all sit down. Both Marvel and DC have been doing that for years. And uh, there's a really interesting video out there somewhere, which is, uh, it's, it's just a little clip of Mark Millar. um, uh, Mark Millar? John, John, that's how he says his name. So John Favreau. Yeah. uh, Mark Millar, John Favreau, um, who else? Uh, Kevin Feige, uh, Joe Quesada, and a bunch of other writers. I can't remember. who Brian Bendis. Also, and this is in 2005, 2006. Mm. And they're talking, and it's at the beginning of, like, the Iron Man or one of the early movies. And I was looking at that thinking, wow, they really were planning back then. You know, they've got all the comic writers. They've got the film people. They're in a room. They're, they were in some place for, like, three or four days. And they, this is probably where they were planning out stuff. And they probably sketched it out long-term at that point. Mm. Mm-hmm. This—that's yeah. uh, exactly what I was going to touch upon. It's like as I think,
1: seeing what they're doing is—it doesn't blow—it doesn't blow me away, but it—it it does make me very excited. Uh, as someone who's been collecting comic for years, and as you know, has seen how, again, tightly interwoven crossovers are, and you know, story arcs go, and characters jumping from title to title, and all this kind of stuff, and how they interweave everything. Is they're just doing what they've been doing in the comics for years in the movie, in the movie, and now TV format. Do you not and think though, in it's... a in a film context though,
0: that it it puts them in a difficult situation where if well, you take the Sony template of Spider Man, for example, you can do yeah. two, three movies. Uh, it runs its course in whatever context that is. And then you wait three, four years, you reboot it and you're done. You're in a situation now where if you wanted to reboot Iron Man, which in of itself, those three movies were a hugely successful individual franchise within the MCU. You can't... Okay, obviously you can create a new Iron Man so that there's a theory that his daughter will take up the mantle in some year's time. But the idea of, well, let's tell the story of Tony Stark again, which we've had... Several times with Bruce
1: Wayne as Batman, with, through various, you know, readings of
0: that character.
1: You, you don't, you don't have to do that, though. You, you, you just kind of answered your own question, really. You don't have to, you don't have to reboot. You, you know, reimagine the character in a, you know, in a different way, or you, you. But do you not think there's financial you,
0: value in Tony Stark, in him as a character? is,
1: but there probably is. But then, conversely, no one ever dies in comics so so there's always there's always a mechanic where you can bring someone back always always
2: can I just ask you Imrando are you saying is are you asking is there a financial value in Tony Stark or is there a financial value in Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark
0: in the same way that you could um in well using well whether it be Peter Parker for uh Spider-Man the way that they kind of had the Tobey Maguire series then the Andrew Garfield series and now Tom Holland the same way uh, Bruce Wayne has been reinterpreted and countless times it's never necessarily about who would take that mantle next it's not about telling that kind of never-ending story of going forward it would be about well let's reboot it you know
2: the way christian bale would have taken that you know but i think they've learned that that's not the best way yeah i think i think it's become apparent that people don't want to see reboots and remare why when you've got so many other characters that you can work with work through all the stuff you've got and by the time you've done that it's 50 years later And then you can legit reboot it because nobody's alive who saw it the first time. Wow. Yeah. I I mean, if you, um, uh, if you think about the way DC have handled their properties, right. In comics, as well as on screen. And you think about the way Marvel have done it in comics, Marvel have never actually done a reboot. And I think uh, not properly. And when you look at the popularity of the ultimate line of comics, where not only did they not reboot that they kept people died and stayed dead throughout the entire series they didn't bring anyone back alive in in ultimate uh comics which was very interesting they killed off some really really major characters like the wasp and ant-man um Mm -hmm. uh you know i think the wasp gets uh gets eaten by the blob and then the blob gets stamped on by a giant man or something like that um and i think part of that is also there's uh I feel like, I don't want to use fancy words here, I'm not sure if zeitgeist is the the right word for it, but generally in popular culture right now, we're going back to a time, you see it in games, where people are starting to appreciate the idea of permadeath, and Mm -hmm. you if something dies, it stays dead. You see it in games quite a lot. It's a mode, death mode or Iron Man mode or whatever. They're getting more and more popular, rather than this ability to just go back and do it again and reboot it all over again. Um, Also, I think we're seeing the same in television as well. Yeah, I think I think also the proof
1: is in the pudding. I mean, like you know, to Dennis's point, look at how you know how well previous um, comic book iterations have done storylines, story arcs. Yeah, they've done they've done well. They've told some of them have told good stories. Some of them have told okay stories. Some of them have been absolutely terrible. But nothing has had the longevity that marvel has created and the level of fandom and um investment that that uh that fans of the series or of the universe have uh, have been willing to put in um and i think they i think they're also doing something unique in that they're you know re- they're rewarding people's loyalty. People that have been with the the series since day one. You know they're giving you little tidbits. They're giving you little Easter eggs. They're you know they're rewarding your investment, your time investment by by saying you know everything that you've learned that you've watched before and learned hasn't been discarded, hasn't been thrown away, hasn't been rebooted. Mm-hmm. You know all of that that those hundreds and thousands of hours that you invested in our content, the stories that we're telling you now they they will matter because of everything that you've watched before. And I think that feels much more tangible than a three film story arc. And then, Hey, there's a whole new Peter Parker now, and this is what we're mm. doing with it. I, yeah. uh, to me, that feels a lot, a lot more substantial and a lot more, a lot more rewarding as a fan because I consume yeah. a lot of this stuff and, and all of it is very, it feels very throwaway and, you know, disposable. Whereas this feels like a, you know, a, a lifelong, you know, commitment to, mm. to, uh, to storytelling.
2: In, in, um, uh, in this current world we live in, which has, you know, whether you want to call it mixed media or whichever, it's also very easy to catch up on stuff. So you can, it's easy to dive in, in the middle of something, you want to know what, what, who's this wonder person is his vision, Google it within, you know, one read of a Wikipedia page and you're up to speed. You know, not quite the same way as you would have been as if you'd seen the films. That wasn't possible 10 years ago or 15 years ago, really. Not the way it is now. So you kind of had to think, oh, how are we going to get everybody on board? Is everybody going to understand that? I just, I feel like right now that's no longer important or that's not where, you know, that's a decision you make. Let's say by rebooting it, you're going to be able to open up to everybody, but you're also going to shut off to a bunch of people who don't really want to see another Spider-Man story. And you're going to use up the life cycle of your actor as well, because there's only so many films they're prepared to make before they get too old for the role or they want to move on. So you imagine if they started Tom Holland off with a, with a, all right, let's start off with another Spider-Man origin, right? Then we've lost one, we've lost one outing of Tom Holland right there. Hmm. If you get what I mean. Yeah, no, it's true. Because they, you know, just, I mean, with uh, Robert Downey Jr., there was only so many films he was ever going to make. And I'm sure he loves his paycheck. But if you watch Iron Man and you watch the most recent one, yeah, I know the aging prosthetics, it's all good, but he's getting older. Yeah, You know, and I, I think that, that, that plays into it a fair amount as well. And they've just got so much other material to work with. I just don't think mm. they need to, I hope yeah. they don't start doing that. That would be very,
1: that would be yeah, sad. There's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they've brought back into the fold. Where, you know, it's like the fantastic four and, you know, all the cosmic stuff. And there's, there's there's a wealth of stuff out there before they even have to think about going back to the Iron Man's or the Captain America's The World.
0: And uh, as well as Fantastic Four, there is also...
2: X-Men.
0: Right. It we, was we, a smooth link to uh, the introduction of uh, a, 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 a a casting which was inspired... Kind of like Rip. the the thought processes behind where that was gonna go. Um, we have obviously a new Quicksilver, we have uh Fox's X Men, uh, Quicksilver introduced, um, uh, as but, played by but, Evan, but Peters. do
2: we though? Because it no, we don't, that. that's, but that's the sham. thing,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so in, in the episode where he appears. Uh, you know with everything about multiverses flying around we know the doors are open now from fox and x-men and the questions have been asked for such a long time about how are they going to bring them in this is what people thought i remember reading an online yeah. comment that said the multiverse is here and obviously that turned you, out to be a bit of worked, a
1: uh worked us, wait, words, got, well, yeah the, the works a fair number of us not everyone fell for it but i think um yeah, it feels like it was. It was definitely a bit of a, little a it wink and a uh, gotcha kind of moment. Um, and, and, and you know what, I've, I I like yeah, it that I'm, I
2: like it. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm not definitely. disappointed.
1: Yeah, I, I th- think, I think there, was, there were some people that that I think were actually disappointed that it wasn't what it was. I would have been happy if it was, but I wasn't
2: disappointed that it wasn't. I was just like, oh, okay, that was very clever. Well done. Well played. So. There's a whole bunch of noise online about, you know, there was a whole bunch of stuff about how they were going to introduce, there was going to be another major appearance of some actor or some character in the the series. Now, I I sort of dug into this a little bit, and it looks like that this originated from an interview that Paul Bettany did. Oh no, Paul Bettany, sorry, yes. Where where he said yeah, he, that, he that, that he was, was looking forward to working with a particular actor that he'd never worked with before, but he always wanted to work with him, and there were going to be some fireworks, and he was really excited about it. So everybody started speculating about oh, which which major characters haven't been in the film yeah. with the vision, blah blah blah. He was talking about himself <laughs> playing white vision. Very <laughs> clever. <laughs> right? So You're right. I didn't want that until literally until you just said that. <laughs> yeah i didn't get it until i read until i read the article i was like ah but see that you know that that's the power of social media and the internet sort of went off on this entire run about well it's going to be this person and we all fell into it you know i'm like they're going to bring in reed richards you know <laughs> whatever right i was very wrong yeah uh, <laughs> i was wrong it, it could have happened and i don't but i don't mind that i was wrong it could have yeah? happened but it definitely wasn't going to happen <laughs> well they they did they did sort of trick not 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 trick us in that direction but she definitely says and it, i wasn't the only person who came to this conclusion when she says in episode three oh, four, i've got, got a, a rocket engine scientist engineer friend yeah. at nasa who might be able to help and that was did like just, "Aha!" is she talking about reed richards that's where that you know i'm like yes but no, no.
0: well, well so, before before we go sort of any further i, I just wanted to ask about um you know, Evan Peters in in the role. Were you were you hoping? Were you happy with the idea that they were going to take potentially uh, that Fox's cast of of X Men were potentially going to be joining the MCU? Was that a, a, an avenue you 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 were potentially happy about seeing unfold?
1: It, it depends on the on the character. Yeah, but yeah, it's very much. I mean, I think some of the actors and some of the characters worked well some didn't so much so um, again i've they, they, i think they've been i'm not going to answer which one which who who if that was going to be a question um they i think they they've done very very well with their casting across the MCU so far i think i think it's been really strong um so i trust that if they decide to bring some over and leave some behind um, it'll be for the right reasons and because it's a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they recast the whole thing completely from scratch, again, I won't I won't be upset about that mm-hmm. either. Um,
2: I don't yeah. want to see another set of origin stories, though. No, um,
1: but who oh, wouldn't if, want to oh, see? If they do do, a, if they do do an origin of some sorts? it's because it fits in with whatever story they're telling if that who makes sense wouldn't,
2: who wouldn't want to see mark ruffalo's professor hulk sit down and debate science with patrick stewart's professor xavier i mean, I mean that would be that would be a great scene wouldn't it yeah <laughs> I, th- I think so- some of the x-men casting was was very good i, I like
0: mcavoy in, uh, uh, in particular and Fastbender uh as well i thought they were actually those two roles have been cast incredibly well with both generations um with uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah, you know both versions of them. Um, um, I'm forgetting everyone's name: E. McKellen <laughs> and <laughs> uh, Picard. That's not the right name, is it? Both. But, um, yeah, and but I but, the, I but as much as as much as I've enjoyed a lot of say the casting, I I was it was a jaw dropping moment seeing Evan Peters, but I was actually kind of relieved when it appeared to to be something mm-hmm. that wasn't happening because I just I really wanted to see the MCU version on. Un- untampered with basically i want to really want to see what they what they would do without it being influenced by past material in any context
2: yeah Yeah, there's definitely some some of the characters out of the x-men movies like i would love to see either of the versions of nightcrawler straight Mm -hmm. out of the film unchanged same effect everything it was just so perfect uh, but yeah, no, I could go either of those. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, th- th- the second one is so similar to the first one. I thought it was the first one, but it wasn't. It was the uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, they could just take that character wholesale and, and just move him over, you know. Um, but you know, I think we've seen enough Wolverines and Logans. I mean, he's great. it would be it will be difficult to see someone else in the in the role. Yeah, to be I was going to say
1: that would be a tough one to recast because but... he's
2: how many films he's done? Nine, seven, eight. A fair few. Yeah. Gosh. Three Wolverines. How many? all want to see Deadpool as he is. Yeah.
1: Hmm. That's
0: going to mm. be interesting. Uh, division obviously is, is bolstered, I think by an inspired cast as well from episode three onwards, we're introduced to, uh, Randall Park, uh, brilliantly returning as Jimmy Woo. Um, I, Siege and I are both watching, uh, obviously separately. Um, we're revisiting the MCU movies. So we had just seen Ant-Man and the Wasp Mm -hmm. and when he is, is really taken by Paul Rudd's card trick. So his introduction, when he whips uh, his, his kind of his business card up from nothing, when he first meets uh, Monica Rambo. Uh, had us howling. I just thought it was a, a brilliant genius introduction. Uh, do you guys remember that at all from Ant-Man and yeah. Wasp? Uh, I thought that was that was amazing. Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis. Again, a brilliant character. Uh, so her her reintroduction is brilliant. And we're uh, introduced, obviously, to a much older uh, Monica Rambeau, uh as played by Tiana Paris. A brilliant cast, I thought. Uh, genius uh, reintroductions into the... Uh, uh, yeah, into I think
1: the- she's going is- to be playing quite a significant role going forward as well.
0: Yeah, she seemed to have, there seemed to be a, a level of animosity towards Captain Marvel, which would be interesting to see kind of unfold. I, I think the first time oh, that I her know. name is mentioned, she kind of doesn't seem to particularly too happy about it. So it would be interesting to see how that story kind of develops and mm. where that goes as well.
2: So mm. can I, I I'm not not wanting to disrupt the order of whatever no, we please. planned for today, uh, Imran, but can we talk about the ending? Of course, mm. Yeah. How, uh, how how does everyone feel about the end of the series? Is it what Which, you hoped for? Did it
1: because well, as in the the final episode or the
2: ending just, or well, the, the final or episode, episode but, and how the story wraps up? Yeah. yeah. Well, okay.
0: should we discuss uh, say well Agatha uh, it, it, as a character as well first? I guess uh, and and Agatha her Hotline. kind of yeah, yeah and her sure. influence. Uh, I yeah. guess um, I'm going to have to defer to, to to one of you guys because uh, in terms of a comic book origins. Uh, in terms of, I know she has a, um, a relationship with uh, Scarlet, uh, goes from a mentor role, is that right? As Predates into the comics?
2: Yes, at one point she helps Scarlet Witch the, the uh, sort of side. manage and learn her, how to use her magic. Oh no, sorry. Really um, just there's, uh, she, there is, and this is where, uh, thanks TJ, this is part of where my Reed Richards' Fantastic Four <laughs> intro comes in because she first appears in the, in the Marvel Universe um, as the babysitter for Franklin Richards I believe yes. the fan- and the children of the Fantastic Four that's her first appearance and I, I was wondering if maybe they were going to use that it's as a of Reed, Reed Richards appearance in the MCU aren't you? <laughs> it's You're not like... Reed Richards actually, it's the <laughs> Fantastic Four chin for actually, I don't think they could ever do Reed Richards Mr. Fantastic properly Sorry, yeah. um, I just don't think they could
1: hit what Uh, as in his powers
2: or yeah as his powers powers. I don't think I think there's been a special unit of ILM on the back lot at at Lucasfilm for 20 years trying to figure out how to do stretching and they haven't managed it
1: yeah
2: that's like I don't I just don't think and this comes from someone who works in visual effects it's just the most unbelievable thing for us to get our heads around You can do shape changing, you can do growth, you can do shrink, you can do everything. But the idea of someone being able to stretch themselves the way it's drawn in the comics, I think, is probably the biggest departure of reality that we could really see. You know, there's certain effects that happen. I mean, the closest, if you do it cartoony, for instance, the way in the film The Mask, the way he sort of, you know, his chin comes out and his eyes drop out and stuff like that, that works because it's done in a very cartoon manner. Mm. And there are certain things like that that could work. But if you look at the way he's drawn in the comics, I don't believe, and I, I hope I can be stand corrected on this, I just don't believe it will work. Not to the level that everything else works as. I think if they introduce him, it will be as the fact that he's the most intelligent person on the planet. Because they need a replacement for Tony Stark in that regard anyway. Mm, true. Yeah, how they um, bring that may not be fascinating.
1: But to, to answer your question in terms of how it ended, um, I'm not going to go as much as i really want to into comic book theories um just as a tv show uh i th- feel like it it wrapped up really nicely um i think that uh, again the the way they told the way they had the episodes it was a tight concise story didn't feel like it went on too long didn't feel like it felt like it ended at kind of the right time um it set some things up rather interestingly for a couple of story arcs that they were kind of running through it. Um you know, left things open for Agatha to return as well, which I'm sure she will in some some form or other. Um, you know, the stuff in fact three story arcs the Monica Rambo, obviously Scarlet Witch is one, and um White Vision um running around doing whatever he's doing. So um yeah, it left some, some good loose ends uh, dangling, um, but also tied some things up pretty well as
2: well. Really enjoyed it. I I was actually surprised by the White Vision thing because up until that moment, I'd completely forgotten about him as a character from the comics. Can you tell us anything what, about White him? Vision. I didn't know anything about him. Somewhere... Um, Very similar to what I did in the TV show
1: because it was... It was the... Uh, he was... Like a really
2: sort of, it was like, was he like an evil version of of him in the the white one? Do you know what? I don't actually remember. It was quite long ago. I think it was in the late nineties or the mid nineties they did it. It might have even been earlier than that. They created a character. What you've got to understand about the vision is that it's very, very, very interwound with the history of a lot of the other characters. The vision in the comics originally is, comes out of the body of the original Human Torch, not the Fantastic Four Human Torch, the android that appeared in 1945, which you see in the first Captain America movie when, yep. he's, um, when he goes to the expo. He's in a cabinet. Um, and that in the comics is the body that is used for the vision. The um, uh, Soul. Ultron Soul. is created yeah. by Hank Pym, not Tony Stark. Um, and the vision was created by Ultron to test and destroy the Avengers, and then he sort of has a change of heart. There's another character involved there called Jocasta, um, who is like a female android, the bride of Ultron, who appears in the MCU as an, another AI inside the headset, inside the uh, HUD display of um, Tony Stark. There's a moment after Jarvis is gone, where he's deciding which AI to use, and he chooses Friday, right? Mm. If you look at that clip on the table, uh, there is another sort of disc cartridge, and it says Jacasta on it.
1: Oh, uh, okay.
2: So, the, so they're sort of, sort of, very subtly suggesting that he's written all of those a- AIs, but they've all come out of more of a Hank Pym uh, Ant Man background, weirdly in the comics than than the Tony Stark oh, one. They've wasn't, rearranged wasn't the, a few things.
1: Wasn't the whole thing about Vision's soul. Yes. That wasn't anything to do with the the um, Infinity Stones in the comics, was it? Wasn't that?
2: I some... don't believe it was originally. It wasn't the Mind Stone in his head. I, do you know what? It's so far what? back that yeah. I, I couldn't really tell. Well, okay,
0: can I ask actually? Because that, that was something I wanted to ask about. Because it's not been mentioned, but uh, maybe I've misunderstood something. But in Infinity War, there is the conversation about basically downloading Vision which happens during the final battle at Wakanda. Now, Shuri is technically the only person she was performing this this task. She's she's the only one that would know about it. Yeah, where they were basically... But it completed at the point where the the lab is invaded. Vision gets up and the fight spills outside. And, you know, then what happens, happens. Uh, But Shuri obviously is finger snapped minutes later. She's gone for five years. There is a version of him in Wakanda, isn't that... Wouldn't there
1: be? No, no, no. no. I don't think she completed what she was doing. I, th- oh, okay. I, I, thought,
2: thought, I she thought she had. Did. I thought she I, I had. I thought she had, because at the time I thought, oh, I see how they're going to bring him back.
0: Yeah, I thought that's what what had happened. So I kind of thought, well, he is alive as soon as they had done that the body is oh, gone okay. and there's like a Damn new it. version of him in in the in, waiting in the wings basically however they choose to bring him back but I, my understanding was, trying- was that that download was complete
1: no i thought i no, i thought she was trying to separate the mind stone from his body was that not the operation that she was th- trying to
2: do Yeah, but she completed it, I think is is Imran's point. Yeah,
0: they talked about downloading Vision into something and then obviously, I guess, mm. putting that into something else or finding a way to separate it. But I understood that the task she was performing completed. That was my understanding of it.
2: You know, maybe that was a backup plan by Marvel in case they want to bring a different Vision back or a Vision personally. Who knows? Mm, They're good at that stuff. Mm. So, um, I mean, the white vision I'd completely forgotten about, and I think it was quite uh, interesting. I mean, but they left it at the end there with actually, he seemed to gain his original personality back. I thought at the end of that show, he was going to fly off and become the real vision because he's the Uh, real, physically the real vision.
1: No, I think what happened was he didn't have. So, the vision that the color vision still had the soul of vision, in inverted commas um <clears throat> excuse me sorry but um the white vision had all the memories which had been locked off to him by when they rebuilt the body which color vision unlocked but that doesn't necessarily mean that his personality is the same or his soul is the same so he has access to all the memories that vision has in terms of loving wonder and everything that had happened before but i don't think that necessarily yeah i mean he he doesn't have yeah. that, the, the Mind Stone. Is it the Mind Stone or the Soul? It's the Mind Stone, isn't it? Yeah. Mind I so I
2: believe it's the Mind Stone. Yeah. yeah. So, he
1: does, so because he doesn't have that, which is what gives him his soul, again, inverted commas, I think that's the difference. But then I guess they'll explore that further down the road when he comes back in whatever guys he comes back in. I guess he's gone off now to go and replay all of his memories and go, oh yeah, that was a good guy
2: yeah I mean uh so just carrying on with the ending of it, I think mm. for me, I in my head imagined that what would happen at the end so 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 when the show finishes, and she walks off and with with the disproving look of all the people from Westview um, okay. and she puts her hood on and all the rest of it, and then I thought, okay, they're going to go to post credit scenes and they go to a post credit scene, but it's very sort of ineffectual, uh and I was like, oh. Okay, but then there's another post-credit scene. So there's a post-credit scene, right? Right at the very, very end. Pardon? was it effectual? I just feel like the po- the first bit, the post-credit feel, which is basically the shield or the sword guys. I was like, oh, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, That yeah. was a bit like, eh. One
1: you know, was she... the morning and she talks about Nick Fury. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah,
2: yeah. and I was thinking to myself, I, what I thought we would see would be her show up in an, on a New York street, knock on a door... And it would be Dr. Strange. Mm. And she's sort of, you know, sort of, I need help. Help me sort myself what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Even if you didn't see Bene- Benedict Cumberbatch, that would yeah, be, you know, it could be yeah. an over-the-shoulder shot. It could be Wong or someone opening the door, right? I, I, that's what I was kind of expecting as a post credit scene. Not the, well, she's in the middle of the mountain somewhere, legs crossed, doing what I've seen referred to online as the Sorceress Supreme role.
1: Where yeah, she's, she's floating is, there
2: reading books.
1: Yeah, you know. Astral, in astral projection, studying while she's doing other stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's But that, I think, again, trying really hard not to get into comic book theories, mm. but that I think is leading into the beginnings of what is going to be the big overarching story for phase four, which uh, is to do with. Her, the Darkhold, Chaos Magic, and um, a guy called Cothone.
2: Mm. Do you think that they'll pull Ghost Rider out as well?
1: Mm, maybe, maybe not. They don't have to.
2: They don't have I, to, but the last version of Ghost Rider was pretty good. I think that's one of the yeah. things that Shield, Shield got right.
1: The thing is, I think they they've got enough stuff going on. I think I don't necessarily know that it's, I mean, they, I mean, if they want to, depending on... Because cause a lot of the themes that they're going to be dealing with, if they're going the way I think they're going to be going, is going to be dealing with demons and hell and, you know, especially all the stuff around um, chaos magic. <clears throat> Sorry. And, um, and those sorts of elements. Yeah. Ghost Rider could come in somewhere. But, again, it's another character they've got to accommodate somewhere. So... It might just be, you might see a reference to him or you might, you know, if there's a big final battle, he might show
2: up in the background so, or something, but I don't think
1: they'll do anything that centers on
2: him. I'm just going to say this. I'm, you know, I'm probably wrong, but I'm just going to say one one thing that Ghost Rider as seen in S.H.I.E.L.D. has in his favor is that he's pretty much the only Hispanic character that Marvel have in their, in their uh, books. And it and wouldn't the, surprise me if just based on that alone, they, they went that way. In the MCU or in the comic books? In so far that we've seen on screen. Okay, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. very big on representation at the moment. Um, and right now, what they don't have in their arsenal, outside of the television property of S.H.I.E.L.D., where they've got both Yo-Yo and they had um, Ghost Rider, they don't have any you know, Latino or Hispanic representation. Yeah, because they're doing Miss Marvel as well. Uh, and it wouldn't which- surprise me if they... Because they, the guy who plays Ghost Rider in S.H.I.E.L.D., and the way they did him in I thought was really quite good.
0: Do you think they would bring in the same person or or recast him? Who, who
2: knows? It's, it, it's difficult it's to tell with with, would, with who they think is smart good smart for the big it screen. It would be a thing for
1: them to do. if Like you say, if they're all about representation, if they turn around and, well, that's suppose they could recast another Latino They could actor.
2: recast him. I mean, the thing is, the question is whether they, would, whether they need to bring him in on a big screen or a small screen. Is there any difference anymore? That's one of the big key questions here. So as it relates to that final sort of moment that we
0: see, uh, Wanda, uh, you know, full sorceress mode. Um, what is it? I mean, I think I read online that she was potentially looking for her children through other universes. She's basically looking for, uh, you know, uh, versions of them in other, uh, well, I guess universes. I mean, is that something that holds that theory that holds water in any way? Is that what, what's her motivation
2: is right now? Would you say? Maybe. Possibly. I think she could just uh, be trying to learn how to use her magic.
1: Yeah. I think to me, the impression that I got from that was that she was um, studying the dark hole to learn how to use her magic. Cause the dark hole essentially was created by the God of chaos. So everything she needs to learn about chaos magic, which is where her hex abilities come from, in theory should be in that books in that book. But conversely, the God of chaos is trying to get back to our dimension so he can rule. And that is going to where, I I guess that's where the big bad uh, confrontation is going to all kind of stem from
2: Mm.
1: him using her as a vessel to, and I think I get the impression that he's going to be using her kids to manipulate her into opening or finding a way to get him back into our dimension. That's just my early impressions. Wow. Gonna go. But this guy, who I've been reading a bit about him, the character, and this is like Thanos times 10 kind of wow. levels. So it could be very interesting.
0: Is there anything where that's been revealed about Wanda past or post Doctor Strange? Obviously, they have plans for, you know, Vision will have to resurface, it, whether it's in that movie. Or no, is it likely to be a one division Season 2?
2: Has that been announced or anything? I don't, it, well, because no, it. it hasn't been announced, but I did notice that the last episode wasn't called Season Finale, it was called Series Finale. Oh. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because that's what those older sitcoms used to be referred to. We went from series to seasons, mm. or if that's actually deliberate to say, no, this is a one-off and we're not going to do any more than this. Which I think um, would make sense. How would you do One Division? Uh, yeah, you know, sure. I, I, I don't need to see another season of it. I think they've told that story and they're done. Unless,
1: I mean, I maybe maybe it's not necessarily One Division season two, but. One Wanda Division season two, well, but yeah, oh, rebranded, maybe, yeah, read a different yeah, name, yeah, obviously. Maybe another story with those two in some context. That I could potentially see, but I think in terms of. What they've done with this, it feels like a one and done. Yeah, um, I mean,
0: knowing nothing about the Doctor Strange movie, obviously, I don't specifically mm. see Vision being in that movie. Um, but so it'll be interesting to know if, if, if in case, if in fact he isn't going to be in it, then his story needs to continue at, in some avenue. Mm. So, and obviously, his, his relationship with Wanda, and I, they seem so invested in uh, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda, which is awesome. So again, you feel like there's going to be a continual yeah. investment in that character. So it's sort of in what format will that be?
1: Yeah. I feel like she's going to be interwoven in a lot of things through phase four mm-hmm. um, because of the way it seems like they're going. Um, I think she's going to be a pivotal character across multiple films and potentially TV shows as well. I think, mm-hmm. I think she's supposed to be popping up in, or maybe not actually. I was thinking maybe she's supposed to be popping up in Loki as well, but I'm not sure. Yeah. so next is uh obviously
0: what it, well, it was supposed to be first um uh captain america slash uh falcon and bucky are supposed to be first but obviously covid and coronavirus kind of made With them the, jig the schedules uh expectations high hopes high for for that which is i guess starting in a couple of weeks from the time of this recording
1: yeah i trust Whee. that they'll, trust they'll do yeah. that they'll tell a decent story i mean it, like, like i said before i think it'll be it'll be very different um it has to be, uh, and I think that you know, um, I think it'd be kind of closer to the kind of traditional um, levels of humor, action, yeah, uh, kind of um, that that kind of feel. I think it's going to be back to more kind of traditional storytelling um, that we expect from a kind of action orientated MCU movie or. Content, shall I say? Yeah, um,
2: yeah. Dennis. I, I'm. I've. I, I'm going into it blank. I'm not uh, crazy about either of the two characters. Not that I dislike them or anything. I just, you know, I liked Falcon, um, Winter Soldier. I felt that he was overpowered when he first appears in the yeah, MCU. Bill. Um, I don't feel like he was taking on a higher caliber of character too easily in my book. Um, And I don't think he should have been really able to do some of the things he did. That's me personally. feels that Um, so, so, you know, uh, let's see what they do. Um, uh, I'm just going to go into it blank. I have no expectations for that series, which Mm -hmm. I think is a good way to go into any TV series. Mm -hmm. I'm super so I excited. Don't... I think seeing uh,
0: Falcon adjust to that. I mean, just the title of it—they refer to him as Falcon as opposed to Captain America. So I, I think that, that series will be about him making that transition in confidence and maybe even public perception. But um, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm, yeah, I think there's a great story to be told there, and uh, it would be nice if they kind of warranted uh, a movie out of it at some point um, post this series as well. So uh, I think it would be wonderfully received. The notion of of him in that role, so as Captain America full on, you know. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah.
2: I'm not sure that they will
0: No, I don't necessarily um, think they Captain do. Captain yeah. America? Oh, I see. Okay.
2: I, I wonder if that'll actually happen. They've they've done that sort of maneuver in a comic several times and it never really sticks. You know, it's like Captain America is Steve Rogers. You know, Batman is Bruce Wayne. You know, it's like there are certain character things that happen uh, that just don't seem to work when they try and make a new person. The only place where I think it's actually worked has been with Spider-Man where there are distinctly two flavors of Spider-Man. You've got Mike Morales and Peter Parker Mm. and it works Mm. and other attempts to switch it over. Not so much. Uh, but we'll see, um, you know, hopefully I stand corrected. I think there's a lot of, and, you know, this is starting to step outside of the realms of storyline and into the real world. But I think they face a lot of issues with uh, a property like Captain America and turning him into a black guy in the current environment we have, both positive and negative. There's good reasons yeah. for doing it, but there's also the potential to cause a stir. And mm-hmm. that's what we know from Disney Corporation is they don't want that. They've, uh, you know, they want to stay away from, from any kind of that kind of trouble. So maybe they'll decide not to do it. Uh, let's it's, see. It's interesting as well because, like
1: you say, they've they've done it and they've had him as captain as cap in the comics before. So you know, it's not like this is being done as a, uh, you know, a PC offensive. Yeah, it's, true. There's, there's like precedent for it to have happened before, but people won't pay attention to that. Of course. People um the, the people that want to see the, the negative side of it will turn and go, Oh, you're just pandering to the PC Brigade, blah blah
2: blah blah. Exactly. Without And actually- you know, Disney might decide they're not worried about that. They're gonna they might decide they're falling on the right side of morality with this one. Um but they might also decide it's not worth the hassle. Uh <laughs> because it can be, you know, they they you know, Disney more than a lot of media companies have taken probably one of the biggest hits due to the pandemic in terms of their bottom line. And they're mm. probably not interested in taking any more money risks right now. They made a lot of money with those movies, with the MCU, huge amounts. They did. I don't think they realized how much money they were going to make, but they've lost huge amounts of money due to the lack of attendance at their parks and stuff mm. like that. And right now, I think they're going to be a bit cautious about any risk-taking. Well, when he, in Endgame,
0: when he hands in the shield, for me, I think I, I audibly gasped uh, and just in what a kind of moment it was. So I hope it's something that they do. In my mind, the second, you know, the proverbial second season, if it happens, will be dubbed Captain America and. Bucky or was it, was it a uh, winter soldier, you know, but I imagine the next series war or, or Mackie's next iteration uh, in that, whether it is a film or a second series, I imagine the name will change to captain America, but uh, I, I certainly hope that's, that's the case. I think it would be a nice um, extension of that character and story as well. So yeah, yeah but sure... I fully understand what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, definitely. I think, I mean, like I say, as a comic fan, I've, they've done it before. So it, to me, it would feel like a logical, it would feel like a logical step. Yeah, yeah.
0: So as relates one division, the final summation uh, from everyone: thumbs up, uh, thumbs thumbs uh, in the middle.
2: Such... Bullshit. <laughs> 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 no, nah, I loved it. For me, definitely a thumbs up. They can yeah. definitely do more. When I say do more of that, more experimental stuff, different types of storytelling, different yeah. characters, give us stuff we're not expecting, keep us guessing. That's what makes me want to sit down and watch TV. I don't want to see the same old hackneyed stuff over and over again. Mm. Um, you know, I can go to DC for that.
1: <gasps> yeah. Oh, wow. Shots fired. Um, I think
2: <laughs> 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 oh, it's that it's,
1: they've got such a vast 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 library of characters and story arcs and themes and all the rest of it and I'm glad that they're you know they're not they're doing a good job of not just as much as Dennis just said they're not looking to take any risks but you know they're, they're exploring those side those side characters or the lesser known characters and giving them a bit of a platform and trying stuff out and you know seeing, seeing what works and um, giving it as much variety as as uh, as they can i guess within within what they've got so yeah and no, i'm i'm really enjoying it and i'm glad that they've they're weaving the tv series into it and telling stories mm. in that in that um in that sort of platform and yeah no i'm looking forward to looking forward to more of it wonderful
0: Uh, perfect way to end i think it's really interesting because disney plus have done it in a way that in the 34 episodes of this podcast that we've had we've only ever discussed tv show one other time and that was with disney plus's mandalorian uh so the fact that we've you know dedicated you know well over an hour uh to another of their their tv shows is a testament to everything that they're creatively putting out what
2: about that unbroadcast episode where we talked about mr selfridge well, it was on broadcast, so it doesn't count. Oh. It's not canon. <laughs> oh.
1: okay.
0: All right, so yeah, but uh, I'm full on for continuing that series that we started with the uh, the Mister Selfridge. If if you ever wish to, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll go there. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> okay.
0: My my first thing to do on my to do list is watch Mister Selfridge. <laughs> <laughs> um i guess that's it thanks thank you both uh for your invaluable insight and um yeah i've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation I thoroughly enjoyed the show as well so i hope um i'm slowly back of my mind i'm earmarking another discussion post uh bucky and falcon so uh, we'll see we'll see if it justifies it i'm sure it will uh yeah. thank you uh as well for you guys listening uh thank you for your ears and your time and your company um once again this has been another episode of the Close Encounters of the Earth Kind podcast. You can find us releasing episodes on the 1st and 3rd Mondays of every month and you can find us at our home at foreverinelectricdreams.com. Till next time friends. Bye bye.
2: Pityous! So <laughs> perfidious! That you haven't even noticed, and the pity is the pity you
1: It's too late to fix
2: anything now that everything has gone wrong. It's too bad naughty and-
1: Killed Sparky too. <laughs> <laughs>